Hello and welcome to Duck Blind. I'm Jill Schroeder and this is our podcast from Grey Duck Gallery here in Austin, Texas. Today I'm changing things up a little bit. Usually I interview the current artists showing at the gallery and I will still be doing that. But occasionally I'll be chatting with other awesome art community members. And so today I've invited Jade Walker to chat with me. Jade received her MFA from UT in 2005, and after that, she had a long list of accomplishments, including the director of the Visual Arts Center and now the new director of the Elizabeth Ney Museum. And please don't miss her current show up at Women in the Work, which is up until February 23rd. So, Jade, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here in your kitchen. (laughs) So, in 2010... You had a show at the Austin Museum of Art. Yeah. Spectator Sport. Yeah. So you had an artist talk, and I think that's the first time we met. Did you go up to an elevator to get to that show, or? No, no, that was on the ground floor. Okay. But the talk was probably upstairs. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So we rode the elevator together, and you were just so sweet to me, and I'm like... (laughs) Hardly knew anyone, and you know, (laughs) I was like, "Here, let me welcome you to Austin." I love welcoming people to Austin; it's my favorite thing to do. (laughs) So I really thought that was cool, and and I've remembered that show ever since. You know that time, and now you have a new show up at Women in Their Work. Yeah, and I'm wondering if, like, you think of like your trajectory from like that show to this show, Mm. and like how things have changed, or yeah. What's the threads? It's funny that you say that because that show, I tell, I, there's like two lasting stories to that show, um, which Andrea Mellard curated yeah. and she took a, a shot on me. Well, let's make it three. Sh- well, the first thing I remember about that show is that I moved a full size stadium sa- staircase into that show. Right. And I had to have art handlers push it already put together down down Congress Avenue <laughs> to get it into the building. It was this cra- and they were so kind to let me do that and you know patient as I did that. But I what I really wanted in that space was to be able to push a v- to really move a viewer and push a viewer to the wall and have mm-hmm. this confrontation, have the work really have a confrontation moment. And that was the first show that I ever did that with and I think I've done that with almost every show since. Feel oh, wow. like I, I I really like the idea that sculpture installation work can sort of dictate how a viewer moves into a space like that and I don't think it's the same as asking a viewer to like crawl through a hole or to step into something squishy necessarily but I do <laughs> like that there can be something really simplistic about moving around a space um, and that translates to women that work that show right now wayfinding just because I sort of use the architecture to take over the center of the space mm-hmm. and you really can't cross the gallery without having this confrontation and then also thinking a lot about sight lines in that space and there's sculptures that are kind of hidden behind a back wall that you might not see that you definitely wouldn't see unless you are able to get around and move around the space so maybe that was my first attempt to just to really take over a space and think about it in a more fully immersive experience and then I feel like that's led through almost everything I think when I had a Texas State show and I asked them if they could build out walls that would make you walk into the point of a triangle oh wow they did that for me because that was really nice (laughs) (laughs) and then I painted the whole room orange and the floor was orange everything the show was orange anyway but yeah so I think there's something about that idea of a space really being utilized that I enjoy I feel like I have to touch the whole space I was talking with a couple people that we uh, well I guess my not only my wonderful curator Annette Carlozzi but I was also talking um, to Emily Lee who's writing an essay for me and she was saying Mm. 
wow, I feel like, um, why do you always have to paint the walls? Or why, why is everything... Oh, and she said, oh, I, it seems to me that that's just your way of touching everything before the work goes in. It's just a way that your hand can be on every part of the show if you always paint the entire space and if you treat your floors or if you think about that. And I, I liked the way that, that rang true to me. Yeah, that there was this... Yeah, need, I can totally needing see to touch that. everything. It does seem like you have touched everything. Yeah. I mean, I love the show at Women in Their Work with, I mean, just the string as walls and just these piles of objects. Um, I mean, I, I think that space can be difficult um, because it's so square. Yeah. I love the space, don't get me wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I agree with you. I think also there's these, I, I mean, I always love the idea. I My favorite spaces to work in are ones that have sort of a challenge like that. I think mm-hmm. the poles are probably, you know, what first made me think about that space. How can uh. I utilize these? Because these are architectural features that I think you can't really avoid talking about or utilizing, or I, I couldn't. They're not only I'm just tempted and couldn't resist the idea that I would build a sculpture that would also hug the architecture. I like that idea, thinking about that. So that part, I think, was the most exciting. But there's so much light in there, too. And so sort of addressing so how beautiful. light works yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, has been really fun for me. And, um, you know, I applied for that show so long ago. And then because of COVID, I was like going to be the last person in the old space. Oh. Yeah. So and I, I did build that whole show already based on, <laughs> one based time on the old space based on the old space okay. and then that show then got put into a show I had at Elizabeth Nay and when, when during COVID before I was the director there <laughs> and then um <laughs> yeah and so then I, re- I remade all that work for the new space so it's the second time I'm doing my women there work show <laughs> but I'm excited to see I mean I'm, I'm happy that it that it worked out the way it did in this space and I'm happy to have it in there did it change oh totally yeah yeah okay. Yeah, because the walls were the the space was so the uh, ceiling was so much mm-hmm. lower in the other space, and right. I really took oh, that into yeah. mind. So I felt like everything had to be a little bit <clears throat> more landscape, and, and you know, instead of really thinking about being able to move up the wall, like the pieces that are in there now, or you know, one of them is twelve feet tall, and to build a twelve feet tall sculpture for the other space would have been kind of difficult to have any breathing room, I guess, on it. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So that that definitely changed it. The scale changed for sure. So you got into Austin when? 2002, three? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then I was finished with the program, with the MFA program in 2005. And yeah. So how do you feel about the Austin art community through time? Like, mm. what's your favorite part? Like, what do you think um, I actually, we, we need or oh, something? Oh, man. Oh, gosh. What do we need? <laughs> what do we need? Uh, let's see. Um, well... I think we always need more opportunities. We always need more studio spaces. These are all yeah. things, you know, we always need a more, we're, we have a more robust gallery scene than we've ever seen since I've been here, which I'm sure. happy about. And I keep thinking that that's, as we grow that more and more, it feels like that will help artists to be able to stay here. But it's also, it's it's difficult to find studio spaces now and it's not affordable. So, right. um so there's lots of things that need to change, but the things that I'm happy about um, are that I can remember moments where, like um, when I used to run, before the Visual Arts Center opened, it was the Creative Research Lab, and we were in Flatbed um, with Catherine. Oh, wow. So we were the anchor tenant there, and UT also had studio spaces for some of their faculty there. And we that was when Arturo opened um, Art Palace. Okay. And, so, and OK Mountain was just opening, and we would actually like talk about how to be on a calendar so we didn't over schedule because we wanted to make sure that we were either synced up so we're on the same night people could go see shows. Sure. But we definitely didn't want to like 
be on top of each other if we weren't, didn't plan it. And now I think how funny that is, right? That you'd need to sync up. There's a million things going on now. I think it's great, you know? When we shifted from being like, well, there's three openings, you know, to like, now there's hundreds of openings and there's hundreds of opportunities. And so that part of expansion is awesome. You know, more artists yeah. having more opportunities to show work. And um, so all that feels great to me. Yeah. So how how is your new job... Um I mean, you just started, yeah, right? I just, went, I'm like two months in. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. Well, I know the, the place is going to be closed down yeah. for renovations. Okay. The museum is so cool. I I mean, I have never worked as the director of a um, heritage space like that. that mm-hmm. had, there's such a history there. It's um, the third oldest um, accredited building in Central Texas. So it's like the capital, the, the governor's <laughs> mansion, and then us, you know? So there's... So this is all, there's some things that I get to learn that I haven't had the opportunity to do in the past. And then there's, and then the idea that the story behind Elizabeth Nay, I mean, she's such a pioneer and a wild character and her story is really interesting and intricate. And I get to get the opportunity to go through and do an interpretation plan on the museum. And so, and then we have a construction plan that will take us, that will be make us close for two years so we'll get new windows and doors and security it won't change the space okay but it'll allow us to rethink how we want to tell her story in in the next you know generation of the museum sure and I'm that's the part I'm most excited about it'll also you know we'll also be able to to do outreach and engagement plans to figure out what what the what audiences would like to see in the museum but ultimately her story is is fascinating and there's so much opportunity there and I think there's so many new communities that can connect to her Hmm. um when the story is is teased out and a little bit more evident about her life sure yeah and it's it's her studio so ultimately I get to go into this beautiful studio space every day and think about a female artist sculpting and she died in 1907 so oh wow yeah, so she's sculpting early, and she's wearing pants the whole time. Way early! <laughs> so her wardrobe is intimately interesting to me, and I hope that we get to see lots of it when we do the interpretation plan. <laughs> you, you don't have any of those pants we, left yeah, over, we do. do you? Well, there's yeah, there's garments in the collection. It's a beautiful collection of not only her work, but yeah, lots of artifacts from, from her life. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she used I to didn't... sleep on the roof. All, very interesting stories about the space, and it was the first. It was the first art museum in Austin, so the roots go deep, mm. go deep. So um, the Texas Fine Arts Association started right after her death in order to preserve the space, and so it made the museum, and then later moved over to Laguna Gloria, and is now the contemporary. So the roots of have why Austin may have the kind of art scene it has now, I think, go back to the Nay. Which oh wow! I'm finding to be so fun to research and think about. Does it affect your own work when you're researching her work at all? A little bit, yeah. Because, well, I think what's interesting about her, actually, is that she really had to build a persona of who she was. I don't know if that was just because of the character she was, but she was an immigrant from Germany as well. So she's coming over to a new country, and then she... Um, the stories that, that I mean, the, the persona she made about herself and that were was then sort of carried on is big, big stories, you know, going couldn't go to university for art and so she went like she starved herself until her parents let her and it's just a you know big stories about her and I'm just parceling out maybe what why she had to make a persona like that if it was because she is well part of it's because she's a female artist working in a male dominated industry of course and um but other other than that also just different 
she she's a vegetarian. That's just not something that was heard of during that time. Oh so. my gosh, I'm learning yeah. so much. I know, I know. I can go on and on, but we'll, we'll talk about it another time. But as I'm learning more, it's, it is it's very I'm 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 captivated. Yeah, and it does affect my work because I do think. Um, I'm always interested in, in sort of how people walk through gender ambiguity. I've always thought that's mm. interesting. And I don't know that that's where I would say she is. But um, I do think that there is moments where you are curious. She's married for a bunch of years, but never admits to being married, never calls her husband her husband. So I think there's gender ambiguity that might be in play there. And so I, I can't wait to find out more about it. And I, I'm always thinking about that in my work, too. So. Yeah. Do you think the um, shows that have been there with uh, local artists yeah. and Texas artists is that going to continue? Also, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm excited okay. about that. And I'm uh, the next couple artists. Um, we I've asked that they um, consider Renee's story. I think Renee did an amazing job of doing that. Renee yeah. and Rose's show um, really took her history into account when they made the work. And so the next couple of shows until we close will also I'll also ask the, ask artists, all female identifying artists, to connect with her story in some way and I think that will also help to create what the storylines might be that are the most interesting for the arts community for when we reopen so, okay dual dual causes on that but yeah wow yeah how how do you <laughs> how do you have three kids um be a director and and create art all the time and like how how is that possible I never sleep I'm just kidding <laughs> I do I sleep I have a very supportive infrastructure I mean I have a very supportive husband and family and I think maybe pre-COVID maybe this wasn't the case as much but post-COVID since I homeschooled those three years I mean my kids are part of what I do um it's not just I maybe I use I know that I used to be more compartmentalized when I was at the visual arts center because I was just starting that space and um I was it was different my kids were younger and so you know they may come to an opening here or there but they weren't integral to the way things go but now that that's how it is you know my whole family runs deep when we're looking they all help me install tons of their little tons of the pieces in the show are actually nests and branches they've found with me and that they've carved I mean I just don't want to live <laughs> in these compartments. Sure. I think my creative energies are best used when uh, when I'm when my family and my profession and my studio are all intertwined. So, and I that's not that hasn't been always for me, but it is now. It is now. They're a part of all of that. So, um, so is your studio in your house? No, I'm I'm at Canopy. Okay. Yeah, which is awesome. They come to their, they come to that space okay. with me, but all right. but also you know they come home from school and they might go to the museum with me for a couple of hours while I'm finishing up. And sure. I certainly ask them what is interesting about the museum to them because they're the generation that I want to make sure that we're appealing to as we create right. the next story of her of the museum. So um, yeah, so I don't know. It, that might sound kind of weird to say that they're that we. It doesn't sound weird. I don't know, or, or maybe <laughs> I just used to feel like women are couldn't um, admit to that part or maybe they couldn't um, maybe it made an artist less serious if they said you know if they if they sure. weren't sort of compartmentalizing more or feeling like they had a serious you know I, I also I, I mean I consider myself to be a serious artist I research I look at lots of other art I spend lots of time but I think everything has to sort of everything rolls together I mean what I'm finding difficult now is that I'll find an artist that I love and I, I want to do a talk with her at the Nay. I want her to be my writer for the catalog. I want her to be in my studio. I mean, I, I'm, I, 
what, what I need to find now is how I'm not just going to find people that I love to collaborate with and then bring them into every part of my life. I mean, soon the writer, you know, Annette lives around the corner from me. So I also feel like she knows my kids too. Oh, so, wow. So That's I wonder, so yeah, I wonder how to tease those things out. I don't know if I need to, but I think about how I, mean, I like them together. I, I honestly think, and maybe I'm being kind of old school about this, but like, I feel like the Austin community kind of feels sort of like that yeah. a little bit. Yes. Um, I don't know. Coming from the north, where it was a little chilly, um, <laughs> I feel like people are a lot more collaborative and um, willing to help people. And yeah, like you doing this podcast. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes. Well, I absolutely think that it's. I mean, the better. If we didn't learn anything from COVID, it's that you really can. Um, when you can be with people, you want, I want to be with people, and I want to be optimistic in the work and in my job and in my you know practice and in my parenting I want to I want to be positive so (laughs) that's what I'm moving towards (laughs) it's more positive yeah yeah well you've always been that way oh good I thank you for it (laughs) (laughs) I'll continue (laughs) I hope you rub off on me a little bit (laughs) well I would love to talk to you forever yes but but you know, thank you for this. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for this. It's so nice to have been asked about the Austin art scene. I appreciate those questions. I'm always interested in how people interpret where we live and how you know how that how we play into the visual art scene here. So I appreciate that question. Yeah. Well, thank you. You're thank welcome. You so much. Thanks, Jill. <laughs> I want to thank Jade Walker for joining me on this podcast. I would also like to thank Scott David Gordon for producing the show and the Black Drum Set for letting us use their song. A Dangerous Drive. Thank you so much for listening.